Well, I just heard Armando from the back room go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I look different without a beard. It feels odd. I don't know if I like it. When's the last time you shaved you look, your beard? Um, I've not shaved this beard since I've grown it, which has been like maybe two and a half years. But I've had a goatee. I haven't shaved it in a long time. I'd like a goatee. I don't think Wendy likes it, though. Amber, you ever had a mustache? Oh, yeah. Amber hates it when I shave. Matter of fact, I've not shaved my goatee since I met Amber. You've had a mustache. Mm-hmm. I used to have a mustache. By itself. Yes. <laughs> Stash. Mustache is the international sign of power and dominance. <laughs> I look like Pablo Escobar. When I, had it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you're uh, you're younger than me. Do you remember Magnum PI? Oh yeah. He had he had the Tom mustache. Selleck. He had the mustache. Yeah. Of uh, it was it was envy. I could never grow a mustache. Like you that. could lose a Corvette in that mustache. <laughs> it was thickly groomed. I go back and forth. I I, I want to grow my beard out, and then it just starts itching, and I snap. And just shave it. Getting a little bit thinner by the month makes you want to... I, I, I wouldn't mind going back to a clean shave. That seems to be making a comeback, by the way. Yeah. All the bros out there, the bros had beards the last 10 years. That seems to be making a comeback. It does. Sorry. Everything all right? Everything all right. You scared me. Yeah, I just Uh-oh. ran out here. All right, I want to jump into a conversation today that is part, uh, part three. On dreams. You said you had an interesting dream last night. I had a dream last night. It was pretty wild. All right, let's hear it. I'm unfold it. It's not real long, but it was very, I woke up very energized. So in the dream, I'm actually talking to you in the dream, and we're on Coach and Joe. It was literally, I was talking to the Coach and Joe audience. And in the dream, I began to say, you guys, and I was talking to the audience, and I said, you have to watch the movie Field of Dreams. And in real life, the movie Field of Dreams is Kevin Costner. And it is literally the most prophetic movie ever made. <laughs> but in the dream, I become emotional at this point, and I begin to weep, and, and I begin to cry. I just feel God coming through me. And I kept saying this. I kept saying, Hollywood has a better revelation on dreams than the church. Hollywood has a better revelation on dreams Whoa, than You the dreamed church. that last night. I dreamed it last night. And then the, the voice in that movie, you know, the, the movie is about hearing a voice. It says three things. If you build it, he will come, ease his pain, and then go to dis- go the distance. And I won't give the movie away, but the movie culminates with a restoration between the father and the son. And I just kept hearing in the dream, if you build it, I will come. Last part of this dream, I think it also ties into what we're getting ready to kick off here at Bridgeway, 10 days in the worship tent. And I kept feeling like the Lord was saying, if you build it, I will come. And I feel like us setting the tent up today He's saying, I will come. Baby, yes. Michael oh, Michael doesn't know this. Tell him what I had the staff Woo. do. What was this, two years ago? Two years ago, we all watched Field of Dreams. Wow. Set up, and we all watched it together. Wow. You gave a big prophetic word about Field of Dreams and this house, and we all watched <laughs> it together. We made snacks and... And uh, remember how emotional Dr. Hancock got? Oh, my gosh, yes. And uh, wow. also, I remember it was about eight years ago, Jesse Flowers said, there's something very... This is a staff meeting. There's something very important, Chad, for you and your leadership about you and the, the movie The Field of Dreams. My goodness. Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. Man, The Field I've of Dreams. I've never told you that. You, no. want to, you want to know why I why? believe the Father yes. is even showing me right now? That whole movie really is about a connection between a dad and a son. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, reconciliation's a really, really, really big deal to the Father. You know mm. that racism, in essence... The key issue of racism is reconciliation first to a spiritual reality, which is us being reconnected to the Father. You know God that. Almighty. 
Hey, I want to talk about something with dreams. That's pretty awesome, by the way, you had that dream. That's awesome. Um, maybe God's real. He's so real. Maybe God knows we're doing a, a series on dreams. Uh, I want to tell you this. Uh, one of the main, to me, that I have found over the years, one of the main indicators of someone that's really quite possibly walking more with religious spirit than Holy Spirit mm. is um, so talking about the Word, the Logos, so much that that person is not open to out-of-the-box encounters with God, is yeah. not open um, to the prophetic. I love the Word. We just went through 32 passages in one class of Ascent. Wow. We were going through John Bevere's book on breaking intimidation. Literally just all I did was just kept reading the passages and talking about You know this. I love the Word. Mm. Why are so many people, specifically in the South, and I'm talking about leaders, why are so many leaders not open to connecting with God on dreams? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I would say that it's it's the head-to-heart journey. So a lot of it, we have it here. We know it here. We know it in this realm, in the intelligence, the intellect. But there just seems to be a disconnect with right here in the heart, like it literally maturing and growing. And if I look at it one way, to me, that's the relationship between Logos and Rhema. They're, they're, they're to work together. And Logos actually prepares a foundation for Rhema to settle on. I've always felt like a, a really strong Logos base will give you an opportunity to have greater Rhema. If you have a small Logos base, then your Rhema will be pretty small. But I think a lot of people struggle there because they get so locked in right here. Um, It's head knowledge. It's intellectualism. It's an intelligence pursuit of God, but it never lands in the heart. I would say that one of my biggest frustrations being the lead pastor of a charismatic church is I just really struggle with charismatics that want to check their brain at the door. Mm. So I am someone, I'm getting a doctorate from Regent University. I love to read. I love to learn. I love the Word. I love going through the Word. Our, it is the main driving force of our curriculum at Ascent. However, mm. what I just said, yes. what I have noticed is that lots of leaders that love what I just said, they're not open to connecting with the Father through supernatural dreams, which even calling them supernatural dreams seems a little bit silly to me. I'm not so sure it's supernatural. A lot of the stuff we call supernatural, God calls natural. Yes. I mean, if you if you read the Bible, you just take Genesis, Revelation. He does a lot of out of the box things. A lot of people mm. that love the Logos would be very uncomfortable if Jesus manifested and led them. Yes. Because they're not open to uh, much of supernatural experiences, right? Absolutely. I'm just simply saying, why is it not possible to be strong in the Word, not check your brain at the door, but when your head hits the pillow at night, say, Father, I, I just open myself up to you, Father. Any dream you want to give me that can help me either in my own personal walk, my personal life, or mission, what you've called me to lead. I, I personally think, Michael, that many times in Scripture, let it be done to you as you believe, God will draft off where someone is and this morning when I was praying about Coach and Joe, he showed me a lot of leaders. Are Not only are they not open, they actually despise it and they, they arrogantly look down yeah. on anyone who's even having a conversation like this. And I, I would say this, that's not a great place to be. Mm-hmm. I, I think it takes a lot of humility to say, you know what, I love the Logos, but even inside this Logos, there are a lot of examples of God connecting with people. Man. 
There's a in ton. dreams. In dreams, in visions, trances. You sent me something today. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet from uh, Lou and Bill on dreams and visions. What was that? They, uh, there was a clip, a, a panel. It was phenomenal. But he shares on there, uh, Lou does, the importance of Lou Engel. Dream, yep, the importance of dreams. And he makes this statement, this saying that's so true. Listen to what he says. He says, if you hang around the dream king and you get into the dream stream, then you'll join yourself to a dream team and then you'll end up doing the Martin Luther King thing. And he unpacks that to say, if you hang around Jesus, you're going to dream. Mm-hmm. It's natural. He said, but then when you start dreaming, you get into the dream stream. He said, what is powerful, if you can do it, is to build a dream team. So as a community in your church or your, your community, you're actually dreaming together the things that God wants to birth through you. And he said, then you'll begin to move into movements. I mean, it was powerful. So then he shares how one dream with Benny Hinn, and Benny Hinn was on the panel that he had, literally opened the door for him to birth the call movement. But it all started with one dream. Oh, and in the dream, in the video, he goes, um, the Lord revealed to him, he thought it was going to be his great preaching that brought revival, his great fasting and anointing. And he said, it had nothing to do with my preaching, but how well kids would pray. He said, everything had to do with how well the kids I was raising up would pray and intercede, not my preaching. What if God chooses to guide someone into their assignment, mm. John four thirty one, Jesus, John four thirty four, Jesus said, "Is my will to do is my food. My food is to do the will mm. of the one who sent me and to finish His work." What if we stop up? What if many of us as leaders are stopping up a flow of grace in our lives because we're actually so arrogant that we're not open to the Father connecting with us on dreams? It's mm. awesome. I personally think what we're hitting at here is humility, which is what I want to talk about this morning. Mm. Uh, my wife and I had a great conversation yesterday with someone that's just helping us process um, things that I'm going through, Wendy's going through, this church is going through. He's a professional counselor and uh, outside voice in my life. He's really helping me think through things. And one of the things that God is helping me understand is... Well, let me back up and tell a story, and then it'll make sense. Okay. On this past Saturday, I, I took a long walk with the Father, and I spent a lot of time really frustrated at myself on what I'm not, who I'm not, what I've not accomplished, um, some failures in my life. I was really just beating myself up, and it caught me off guard because as I was connecting with him, I felt like it was almost as though he didn't even pay attention to that. He was talking to me about things coming up, and so obviously, just really, it's just uh, not accepting what happened at Calvary. It's not. It's not leaning into forgiveness from the Father of any shortcomings in my life. Anyway, yesterday in a conversation, it just dawned on me, since when did I ever have any expectation of myself that I'm supposed to be Jesus Christ? So like as a leader, you know, in James it says teachers will be judged more strictly. Yeah. As a leader, if you're not careful, you'll have such an unhealthy expectation on yourself that anytime you don't hit the mark that you expect to hit, you will just start self-cutting emotionally. and Well, yesterday, God's just helping me understand, Chad, you're probably going to have cyclically the same struggles like Jesus was tempted with three things in the desert, yeah. approval, ambition, appetite. I'm probably going to face the need for approval, hopefully at lesser levels, the rest of my life. My whole point is this. I didn't realize that pride had crept into me and mm. somehow I expect to be God. 
somehow I expect to be Jesus. There's something about humility yeah. that is like the linchpin, not, not only of some things in the kingdom, all things in the kingdom, including dreams. Absolutely. So this morning when I woke up, I know we talked about it two days ago. When I woke up and I was thinking about the show, there's, when I think of dreams in the Bible, I think of Joseph. There's something, and I know he had a stint with his brothers where he was acting pretty arrogantly with yep. the favorite, but there was something about that man that knew that the, the spiritual endowment gift on him mm-hmm. didn't come from him. Why is it that humility is so important, not in just every aspect of our spiritual formation, but also when it comes to dreams? I have found, Michael, wow. that dreams tend to run away from the proud. People that walk in a high level of humidity, humility, I've, I've, I just said humidity, <laughs> humility. I walk I've home. even watched this at Ascent. Yeah. As these students are growing in humility, I'm telling you, I'm watching their dreams increase at night. Wow. That can't be random, Michael. Uh, absolutely not. Man, I have a lot to say on that. I think the approach in humility, it, it unkinks the hose that we were talking about in the previous show, and, and it really helps funnel dreams. And what I boil it down to is, I was taught as a kid, it's a really simple prayer, but it's really powerful, and it's to be teachable. I would say my dad installed in me and my sister to always be teachable, to always be willing and be flexible, no matter who's teaching. No matter if you're an expert on the subject, don't say anything, just listen. It's a posture of humility, and I think that approach really is powerful. Going back to Joseph, here's something that you said is so funny. I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought that, okay, here he is, he's stewarding his dreams, he's sharing his dreams, but this lands him in Potiphar's house, which then lands him in prison, slavery, that whole deal. And while he's in prison, Chad, he's there for three years. I don't know if anybody ever watched him been in jail before, but I can promise you as someone who's been in jail and prison before, before I knew Christ, being in jail for a month is like three years. So being in prison for three years, there's like no hope. And what I'm getting that is still people are having dreams next to Joseph and he's still interpreting. In other words, he's not bitter and he's not letting his gift get bitter. He's still exercising and practicing that gift of interpretation that God gave him. And I just think that's really powerful, even in that prison. And what I'm saying is he was faithful. He was faithful with what God given him, the gift of dream interpretation. And there's something about that faithfulness. Then all of a sudden, boom, Pharaoh has a dream and everything changes for Joseph. You know what I'm thinking about while you were talking? Isn't it interesting, Pontius Pilate's wife had a dream? Yes. Oh, have you ever thought God. About, have you ever thought about why she had the dream and not him? No, I've never thought about that. I haven't either. Do you, <laughs> why do you think? I, I, number one, I don't know. Hmm. But number two, I just do have a weird suspicion. There's a reason he didn't have the dream and she did. Okay, so 18 times Jesus Christ says in the Gospels, let it be done to you as you believe. Yep. Proverbs 23, 7 in the King James Version says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What if the character of Joseph and the humility of Joseph, the lowliness of Joseph, what if that's a magnet to the gift of God? Oh, man. So let's look at, I believe it's Matthew 25-ish. might be 23, I think it's 25. About the wicked servant and the talents, and, and there seems to be the idea there that even talents are given based on my ability, but yet... What I don't steward well is taken from me, and what I do steward well is more is given. You can go read that later. It's a long passage there in Matthew. Mm. It's interesting. I'm simply saying, Michael, 
I'm not so sure dreams are random. I, I believe as we posture ourselves low and as we posture ourselves as hungry, I don't care if you're Presbyterian, charismatic, Lutheran, I don't care. Yeah. I think when you get low and you say, Father, I would love to experience what Joseph experienced in the Bible. Isn't that interesting how the dreams start coming? Yeah. Michael, wow. I used to not dream. Me too. I used to not dream. My, my wife, My wife is the most... My wife is one of the most humble people that I've ever met. And we got our own issues for heaven's sakes. But I'm telling you, that woman dreams. When she dreams, she's dreamed ever since I started dating her 25 years ago. Wow. I really believe there's a connection to humility in dreams. BB, you got any questions? Anything on Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> no, Netflix, Trulu, whatever all that True stuff Lou. is? <laughs> no, we're not. I don't even think truly was a thing. Uh, no, we don't have any questions yet this morning. People are just starting to jump on this morning. I, um... There's something about stewarding dreams. That's what I'm hearing right now is kind of where he's leading us. There's, there's a stewardship in dreams. Mm -hmm. That's the whole Matthew 25 thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny? Uh, not many people know this. But Abraham Lincoln had a dream. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You know, Abraham Lincoln actually dreamed his death a week before it happened. Mm -hmm. And then he's in the White House, there's all this mourning and crying going on and he goes down and all of his cabinet officials are down there and there's a body and they goes, who, who, what happened? He said, the president's been shot. The president's been shot. And he woke up and he actually journaled this in his diary. That's how we know about it. And then a week later he gets shot on, uh, in the theater, in Force Theater. Um, that's interesting to me because it's just, you wonder, I wonder what went through Abraham Lincoln's mind. I mean, did he kind of, maybe shrug it off, maybe that was just a dream, or what if, we can go in the what if world, but what if maybe he paid more attention to it? Could his life been saved? Or could there have been something that God did if maybe he would have stewarded it better? I don't know, it's what if, but interesting to think about. You know Jeremiah 33, 3? Yes. Basically the idea of the secrets of God. Mm. What if I told you that when you get to a really close place of friendship with God, what if it comes with benefits, Psalm 103? Ooh. Bless the Lord, all my soul, forgetting all his benefits, who forgives me of all my sins and heals me of all my diseases. Do you know what I've noticed? Mm. I have been caught off guard since I became a lead pastor. And since my heart just really just yearns to be good friends with him, I, ha I have journals. I've got a lot of journal entries. The Father will show me lots of things before they happen. These are recorded. I mean, I had a dream recently mm. that two people that I used to spend a lot of time with we're investigating the underbelly of Bridgeway to do a documentary to take Bridgeway down. The dream is really simple. An email came out first and then a Facebook. Mm. And I told my wife, I said, this isn't metaphorical. I said, I said, the Father's given me a heads up on what's coming one month before some people just really tried to, to, to come after me and my character. That's not the point of what they did. The point is, I, the Father showed me a dream about it. Showed you a dream. And I'm, I'm simply saying, I'm asking, what if Abraham Lincoln was close friends with God? Mm. What if Abraham Lincoln's assignment was up? That's exactly true. I, this is crazy. You don't know this. You were not in a scent class this morning when I said I taught for five minutes on Abraham Lincoln. No way. Yes. That's crazy. And I said that he was, uh, I think, the most influential president in American history because of what he was about. But the whole point, mm. humility. And he was really introverted and driven by policy. My point is this. Wow. What if the father, what if the father gave his friend a heads up? You know, you know what I'm reminded of now? 
is when Paul Paul knew that his assignment was up. Mm. I'm saying, remember? Yes. I finished. I what, finished the race. I, I'm simply saying this. What if dreams are an unfair competitive advantage against the enemy? Oh, gosh. And also just for intimacy with the Father. Chad, I think you're right on it. You know, when you look at the overarching theme, I mean, dream language, it's so powerful. It covers our past, present, and future. But really, I mean, dreams give us, they give us divine intelligence. They give us healing. My wife, Amber, we've, we've actually had inner healing come through our dreams. We've actually had been healed through our dreams. We've received... Um, just incredible insight on where to direct our family to move relocation-wise came through a dream. My sister last night had a dream. Long Island, New York calls me 5 a.m. this morning, and basically in her dream, Jesus is coming to her house to clean out her cupboards because he wants to love her, like this whole bridegroom revelation. And she's almost in tears. This is 5 a.m. driving into the bridge fit. Workout this morning. I've read some uh, testimonies recently of the Lord Jesus Christ appearing to Muslims in dreams, and they're yes. giving their lives to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I bless you in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. that you would walk more with the Holy Spirit than the religious spirit. May you be committed to walking this out in community, being anchored in the Logos, written word of God, and also never checking your brain at the door. May you never be on an island on your own, but may you submit your dreams to a community, mm-hmm. take your time with them, but maybe for the first time in your life, you need to be open to connecting with God outside your mental box only. Go in peace. God bless. Thanks for joining us on Coach and Joe, a YouTube talk show and podcast that helps you walk in genuine friendship with God. Check out coachandjoe.com for epic merch, weekly blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on Coach and Joe.